0: everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. Today I'm here with Web Investment Network, Jeremy Schneider and Jonathan Fines, and we're going to get to know Jeremy and Jonathan and the Web Investment Network in this call. Welcome, Jeremy and Jonathan.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: So um, one of you take the lead in, in introducing the Web Investment Network. I know you have a very particular model, and um, I know Maynard Web for a long time, actually. Um, so tell us about the, the program.
1: Thank you. Sure. So this is Jeremy, and um, I'll jump in and give a brief history of who we are and what we're doing. Uh, we're honored to be speaking with you, so thanks for having us. Uh, Web Investment Network was created in 2010 by Maynard Web, to formalize the angel investing he's been doing for much of his career. Uh, So There's a very small team that works with Maynard. You're talking with two-thirds of the investment team. and We only invest Maynard's capital, so he's our sole LP. I think what makes us really unique is what we call our affiliate network. We have about 90 of them, and these affiliates are all friends of Maynard and people who he has worked with closely over the course of his career. We share our deal flow openly and for free with them, so we invite them to invest by our side. And what we really care about is their help and their expertise. Our belief is that we can bring a community of experts, of operators, of people who have been there before, of people who can really help our entrepreneurs to really make an impact. And I think what makes it very special is that all of these people share Maynard's value system and uh, are just wonderful people that treat entrepreneurs well and care about the entrepreneurial mission. And so, we're very honored and have a lot of fun working with them and working with our founders.
0: So, Jeremy, could you talk a little bit about Maynard and his background?
1: Sure. Uh, So, Maynard was a CIO for a long time and then became COO of eBay and helped really scale eBay with Meg and the executive team there. Um, and currently he splits his time between early-stage investing through our team and then public boards, and so his two active public boards at the moment are Visa and Salesforce.
0: Right, and um, also talk a little bit about the network that co-invests in your affiliate network that co-invests with you who's in sure. it, what kind, of, what kind of verticals that you have expertise in, what kind of technology areas, et cetera, in that pool?
2: Sure.
1: Um, well, so first I should say that they're all listed on our website. So if uh, people listening to this are interested, if you go to winfunding.com, there's a tab called Affiliates, and they're all listed there. But these are all people that have worked with Maynard. So you can imagine that they come from many of the businesses and industries where Maynard spent a lot of time. So there's a big eBay contingent, Uh, There's Mm -hmm. a strong PayPal contingent. There's a strong contingent from LiveOps and from Bay Networks. And so there's just this collection of executives. AdMob is another. And these folks have all gone on to continue to do amazing things in their careers. So many of our affiliates are former CEOs or current CEOs. So for example, we have people like Scott McNeely from Sun Microsystems. And then many are also CTOs or VP Engineering. Uh, So folks like Kevin Scott from Microsoft, um, people like that. And so that's how we have sort of assembled the affiliate network and many of them have expertise in areas that I would broadly call scaling technology companies. And in general that means that both from the infrastructure side, so we do a lot of investing in SaaS companies, enterprise companies, security, infrastructure, that whole area. And then also scaling companies from the people side of the house, so management, advice for CEO, um, guidance, counseling, things like that. And that's where we really like to dive in and help our companies.
0: So let's now talk about, um, uh, you know, stage and how big is the fund that you're investing from, what size investments do you like to make, what stage, et cetera.
2: Sure. Um, I'll jump in on that. This is Jonathan speaking. And so, um, in terms of stage, we tend to focus on the seed stage for our investments. So usually, that's not necessarily first angel money in, but usually the first sizable sort of one to three million dollar round of funding. And into a round like that, we invest an amount around $500,000 in total between Maynard and the affiliates. Um, In terms of how much investing we're doing overall. We do about 10 new investments per year, and then we also will write follow-on investments into our existing portfolio companies. So we think Mm -hmm. of it on a yearly basis as about a $5 million deployment in total for WIM.
0: Okay. And um, how many investments do you make a year?
2: And so in total, we make about 10 per year, and over the lifetime... It's been about 80. And we have occasionally invested into Series A's and B's and later. We do those when we run across something that we really fall in love with. Um, And in terms of most actively looking, it's at seed stage.
0: And um, you mentioned uh, B2B, SaaS, and and lots of uh, infrastructure. Do you also do B2C investments? Since Maynard, of course, has a lot of experience with B2C. I, I remember he was also on the board of Yahoo at one point, right?
2: Uh, Certainly. So he was the chairman of the board of Yahoo at a point in time. And uh, we do in fact look at uh, other sectors as well. The way we try to think about it is different areas where we can help both with our team and Maynard's experience, but also with the network. So to Jeremy's earlier list of the types of expertise we have, um, and as you mentioned, we do a lot of enterprise. We do also spend time with um, a lot of marketplace companies. And then the third piece is on the Future of Work side, where Maynard was the CEO of a company called LiveOps, and he also co-founded a company called Everwise, which is in the mentorship space. So we spend a lot of time there too. And then the final piece is, we do have three investment directors who are all curious about different topics. And so we've started really branching out um, into other areas that we're curious about. So for example, last year, we did our first investment into a biotech company Uh, We've Mm -hmm. started doing a little bit in hardware and augmented reality and other areas. Um, And the way we think about that is that uh, our network, although many of them came from eBay and some of these other companies, they're all involved in a lot of different technologies now. And so as long as we can get up to speed and try to be smart on new emerging areas, we try to do so as well.
0: And what about geography?
2: In terms of geography... Um, The first piece is our team. So we are uh, usually splitting our time between San Francisco and Los Gatos, which is where Maynard lives. The network also is largely focused in the Bay Area, and as a result of that, we've found that we can be most helpful for companies that are local, um, which allows us to spend more time with them and then make more introductions to our network who is local. Having said that, um, we have investments in other areas, including L.A., Boston, we have a couple in Atlanta where there's a very strong cybersecurity community. Um, We have a couple in Canada, Israel, and we try to visit these places on occasion and to stay connected in other ecosystems as well.
0: Okay. Now, if you look at your last 15 months deal flow, so all of 2017 and the first quarter of 2018 what do you see? What are the highlights of the trends you see in that deal flow? Not necessarily only the ones that you've invested in, more, more generically, what are, what are we seeing?
1: Sure. I think one thing that's been very exciting for us is that WIN has been around now for about eight years. And so in 2017, we really started to see repeat entrepreneurs come through our network. Um, and we were really excited to have the opportunity to back uh, our founders again. So that was one sort of exciting trend just on on a high level that we noticed. As far as sectors, I think to Jonathan's earlier point, last year was a year when we started to explore new areas as a team and with our network. So last year was when we started seeing many more companies in the augmented reality space. We saw many more hardware companies. And we saw a lot of uh, companies where we thought we could help, which is at the intersection of machine learning and data uh, combined with new types of sensors or approaches or industries. So for example, our biotech investment, while stealth falls uh, directly in that category, we did a company that sits at the intersection of security cameras and data analytics. And so we, we started to branch out, I would say, a little bit more in 2017, which was exciting for us.
0: Yeah. And talk about your current portfolio. What have you invested in? How do you decide? You know, so so help us think through when did, did these companies come to you, at what stage, what kind of metrics, what kind of anecdotal situations, so we can get a window into how you look at investment opportunities and actually make investments?
1: Sure. Uh, So to Jonathan's point, what's super important to us is making sure that we can help these companies. We believe that there's lots of capital out there and so if we do make an investment in a company, we want to ensure that we have a differentiated approach that can really help these founders. Uh, In practice, what that means is many of our companies come through our existing network and they're people that we've known or have followed for some period of time. That's particularly true on the enterprise side of the house. Um, And there, we'll invest in companies that can be as early as pre-product if we believe in the market and also that the founder has unique insight into that market. Mm -hmm. And they can go all the way to series A or series B, as Jonathan alluded to earlier, if we miss them at the seed stage. Um, and then for marketplaces or for consumer companies or newer technologies, um, we just get really excited about founders who are super passionate about what it is that they're doing. We get introduced to people through all different sorts of ways, through our affiliates, uh, of which there's about 90, through our existing founders. So we have a portfolio of about 80 portfolio companies. Uh, so that they'll send us things through incubators. Um, through other investors, through friends that we've met in the past. And what we try to do is we try to pull in an affiliate or two to help us look at the companies and understand the market and the approach. This is particularly helpful for enterprise companies, but can be applied across the spectrum. And uh, we're looking for passion and expertise in a market that we believe is real.
0: And so some examples in your current portfolio...
1: In our current portfolio, um, let's see, there's, there's many. Um, so for example, PagerDuty is a company that we're huge fans of and feel very lucky to work with. Uh, we met them through Y Combinator, but the insight that made us really, one, is that they had a great team
2: but two is that Maynard struggled with this problem throughout much of his career. So every time he took on a new CIO role, one of the first things he had to do
1: was to set up the alerting system and the on-call system to make sure that the infrastructure stayed up. So when we heard Alex and Andrew pitching PagerDuty, uh, you know, we immediately knew that this was a pain point and something that, that CIOs and CTOs needed. Uh, so that would be one example. Um, another recent example would be Wavefront. Um, you know That was a company that we knew the team from Yahoo and from Twitter, and we also knew some of the shared investors. And when we heard the pitch and saw the demo, it was immediately something that we knew would resonate with our CTOs and VP engineering folks in our network. We brought a couple of them in to come look at the technology with us, And everyone came away super impressed, so we sort of knew that this was a company that we wanted to work with.
0: All right. How do you process the current investment climate where capital is moving further and further upstream? How does a seed investor mitigate the Series A gap?
2: Yeah. um, So on this, this is something important for founders to be aware of as they get started and build their business. The way we think about it is that the most important piece is to think ahead and to have an understanding of what is gonna be expected of them at the next stage. So this means a few things. One is that when we meet companies that we're considering for a seed investment, we will actually ask them, what is their plan and milestones for Series A? And if they've actually done research and spoken to some Series A investors and can back up their view on what they intend to achieve and why that will get them to be able to uh, continue and to attract further capital is extremely important and helpful. The second piece is that after we actually invest in the companies, this is something we really try to help them a lot with. So We've seen a number of companies going from the seed to the Series A stage and we tend to, over time, build up a good amount of knowledge on what that takes and on how they will be evaluated going forward. So, As they continue making progress, we try to keep checking over time if they're on track towards that. We try to help them develop their story and their storytelling and their deck um, and really just how they present themselves. And then finally, in cases where they're getting close to ready to actually go out and try to raise further capital, we uh, try to help them think about who to talk to uh, that may really resonate with their story. And in some cases, we can make some strong introductions to investors that we may already have a relationship with through other companies that we've worked on in the past or through Maynard's personal relationships from his past work.
0: Okay. And how do you parse unicorn mania? As a seed investor, you could get buried under later stage liquidation preferences. How do you protect yourself?
2: And so um, we have seen certainly some cases where founders will do what we call raising ahead of their skis, where they may raise a round that is slightly ahead of where they are as a business. Um, And the way we think about that is when you raise capital, you're making a promise to investors. And if you set certain expectations on the uh, speed and amount of progress you're going to make with your business, and if you don't meet those expectations, that causes many different issues down the road. Our advice to founders is to be realistic about what they're promising, and to come up with a plan that both is attractive to an investor and aggressive enough, without being so out of reach that they will then miss their numbers, miss their milestones, and have problems in the future. Um, do they
0: listen when you when you give them this advice? Do they listen?
2: Uh, in some cases, they do. In some cases. When someone's offering money at a high price, it can be very tempting to take it. The other piece that's important is to be aware of the terms of the round. So in some cases, the highest-priced offer may come with other complicated liquidation preferences and things that can have a real impact uh, depending on the future of the company. So at the very least, it is important to understand uh, different scenarios that may happen in the future and what will happen to the capital of the company. So we encourage founders to also build a model and understand in sort of a good, medium, bad future scenario, what happens to their capital in an exit scenario?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the observations that we're in 2018, lots of stuff have been already built. Nowadays, there aren't so many wide open opportunities out there to build these billion dollar companies. And there's a lot of capital chasing these kinds of opportunities. But there are also many, many niche opportunities. Some of these businesses need to be built for small amounts of capital. You know, one to two million sold for 10, 15 million. Some, you know, maybe built for five million, sold for under 50 million, or even on the other end of the spectrum, invest 250K to 500K, sell for five to 10 million. What is your take on these kinds of opportunities?
2: Well, so first of all, I find this to be a very fascinating question um, in a past life, I was once a founder of a startup that ended up becoming more of a small, profitable business and not so much a extreme growth VC-backed company. Um, and yep. I personally have a lot of respect for people who build small businesses that work versus the ethos you get from many venture-backed companies, which is sort of go big or go home or become huge right. or fail there is a great middle ground of building a good business that can employ people, make a profit, um, and can create a good life for you. Now, as a fund, we do view this a little bit differently where our focus as a group is on helping people scale organizations. And so some of these types of smaller businesses, we don't feel that we necessarily bring the same amount of power as we can, where there's rapid organizational growth, rapid customer growth, and things where we can really put our network to work. And so as a fund, we tend to focus more on the high-growth types of businesses and opportunities.
0: So you're not looking for the early exit types of businesses?
2: Early we do look for, but we'd like to see potential that there could be rapid growth and there could be a big company in the future. We do, in fact, get involved early, and we have started working with founders in some No, no, I'm
0: not saying early. I was talking about early exit. You know, there there is a class of investors uh, out there right now, and it's it's still small, but I think it's going to grow, actually, this class, because of the size of the the scale of these opportunities. There's people who want to do things on a capital-efficient manner. You know, small amounts of capital goes into the venture, and then they seek early exits. Um, you know, smaller exits. These are not going to be billion-dollar exits, but smaller exits. But you can make very good 3x, 4x on your money, with, with this strategy as well, given you know, where we are in, because there are so many more acquirers right now, especially in SaaS, there are a lot of acquirers.
2: Yes, and we certainly have had companies that have very nice, faster, medium-level exits. Most of yeah. those cases, they did not go in from the beginning with that plan, but in the end, it can be something that makes both the founders and the investors very happy.
0: Very good. All right. So uh, that's a very nice overview of the Web Investment Network. Thank you, Jeremy and Jonathan, for explaining your point of view, your investment thesis, and so forth. And, audience, thank you for listening. Be sure to come to the website 1mby1m.com and uh, attend one of the uh, free public roundtables where you can bring your project to a working session and we'll be happy to work with you, help you think through your strategy, and so forth. And uh, we will be back with another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. Bye-bye.